0: Hey there, welcome to the Impatient Entrepreneur Podcast, a show where we hear from entrepreneurs and business owners who are chomping at the bit to make their mark on the world. I'm your host, Lauren Quedar Cockerell. Now, let's hurry up and get to the good stuff. Hi, friends. I have such a cool guest today. My pal Brandy Derek is here. We've known each other for a couple of years now. We met as the only women in an all-male entrepreneurial cohort a couple of years ago and really just kind of fell in love from there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, always had a lot to talk about as we we're growing our businesses side by side. Brandy has a really cool company. I can't wait for her to talk to us about today. Uh, and I'm just honored b- by you being here. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you for inviting
0: me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. So, Brandy, will you tell everybody about Legal Ease and kind of what what y'all do and what you focus on?
1: Yeah. So, we uh, the company name is Legal Ease Bookkeeping, and if you can't tell by the name, we do bookkeeping, and we <laughs> do it for we do for for uh, law firms, uh, <laughs> mostly mostly solo practitioners, uh, meaning they're by themselves or just a couple of of uh, employees, and we work with people all over the United States, um, and, and they're basically they're law firms that are not big enough to where they really need an in-house person doing it, but maybe the attorney's been trying to do their bookkeeping mm-hmm. for since they started their business, and either they have no idea what they're doing, or it's getting too big to where they can't handle it all by themselves, and so we come in and help them out on a part-time basis.
0: Uh, so, first of all, I love your business name, and I'm actually quite jealous uh, of it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you know, you took something that's like a term, like people have heard legalese before, and then you've made legal ease," so it's easy for a lawyer, you're you're providing like e- an easy service, bookkeeping, um, and what, what was actually interesting to me, you know, one time you and I had like a solo workshop session um, when some other folks couldn't meet, and you explained to me... Why bookkeeping for attorneys is so important. I mean, I would say most small businesses need bookkeeping just to make sure they keep their stuff straight. And yeah. I mean, yeah, we all <laughs> maybe didn't get a degree in accounting <laughs> or whatever. We didn't do all that great in managing your accounting, pointing to myself. Um, but you you really opened my eyes to how important it is for attorneys. Can you can you share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, the the biggest thing is that the bar associations in every state and cities have their own rules too. And sometimes it gets really small, uh, mm-hmm. but they they have bar association rules that dictate how they need to do their bookkeeping for a particular bank account that they have. It's called, in some state it's called the IOLTA account. It might have other names in other states, but essentially um, when you go in, let's say you're getting a divorce and you pay somebody $5,000, they put that into this special bank account. And then as they earn the money, as they work towards earning that money, they've worked five hours on that, then they get to move over money from that special bank account to their operating account. Mm -hmm. And while it's in that special bank account, it's, um, it's, that's sort of governed by the, the bar association. Mm-hmm. And if they don't follow the bar association rules for how to keep track of that, uh, they have to do a special reconciliation on it. It's called a three way reconciliation. Um, it, it, some states require reports to be sent in, mm-hmm. uh, to prove that you've done this. Anyways, if they don't keep track of that money properly, they will lose their bar license. And, and that is actually. The number one reason why attorneys get disbarred is from um, taking money out of that account when they shouldn't have. It's basically you're stealing from your clients, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very much frowned upon. Um, and if you do it by mistake, they you know generally let you off, but you can't do it by mistake too many times mm-hmm. uh, before they they're <laughs> going to say that this is not correct. But what does happen is people they need money to meet payroll. And mm-hmm. so they just take money out when they shouldn't. And that's mm-hmm. that's the instances when they're definitely going to get disbarred. But um, if they go negative in that account, mm-hmm. the banks are automatically required to notify the state bar association. And that will, that'll be an automatic audit on them to find out like, how did you go negative in this account? You should have never... There should be never a reason why this account kind of should go negative. So anyways, they're not very good at keeping track of it. Um, and so they need help. And that's where we come in. As I mean, I had
0: no idea that attorneys had to deal with this. And so thank goodness there's people like you to take care of it. You also taught me something interesting. What is it? There's some sort of, um, was it the interest from in those accounts that goes to fund? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, the interest on those accounts, the IOLTA accounts, uh, goes to pay for people who cannot afford attorneys. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like savings accounts in a way, because every single month, there'll be money that goes into the account for interest on the funds sitting there. Mm-hmm. And then it, it automatically goes out. The attorney doesn't have anything to do with it, but the money goes into the bank account and then automatically goes out and it gets sent to the state where then they use that money to pay for people who can't afford attorneys.
0: As just how intertwined these private practice funds are connected with really, um, I guess a legal right by be uh, being a citizen of the united states is you 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 get to have you your uh you have a right to an attorney even if you can't afford one one will be provided to you <laughs> right and it's all they're keeping their bank accounts <laughs> <laughs> i just i remember you telling me all that i just i felt like i was the uh, mind-blown emoji just listening to you like what
1: <laughs> yeah well when i started learning it all too because i've been doing bookkeeping for 15 years before I started doing it for Mm -hmm. attorneys and just learning it all. I was like, oh, wow, this is really different than a lot of other bookkeeping and you have to be really careful with it. So it's kind of nerve wracking, but it's Mm -hmm. also kind of a challenge, which is, which was very interesting to me. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, let's, let's figure this out and get really good at it.
0: Yeah. And tell me, uh, tell us about your business. So you, when did you start your company?
1: Seven years ago in 2016.
0: Mhm. Um and uh you have how many team members now? Now I have 8. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah. So that's really exciting. I just <laughs> hired another person last week so I'm like
0: oh, how many is it yes it's eight <laughs> just blowing and growing It uh if it's it was always I always enjoyed hearing you tell people about your business and seeing watching people get so excited about the trajectory of your business uh, they're just like oh yeah you're you're on your way <laughs> <laughs> um well okay so the most important question of the whole day are you an impatient entrepreneur
1: oh man you know I like to say or I kind of think no is the answer. But then I'm like, of course you are impatient. <laughs> um, I have all these ideas on things that I want to start or or get to in my business. And I'm like, why can't I just get there right now? Mm-hmm. Or like training somebody um uh, that's brand new to bookkeeping or brand new to bookkeeping for law firms, and I have to teach them all this stuff. And I'm like, oh man, why does it take why does it take so long to learn all of this and and then you know, I kind of forget that I've been doing this for twenty years so yeah, um, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot different uh but I would definitely say that i'm I'm impatient uh uh I just I can see where I'm going or where I want to go and uh, can't I just get there tomorrow like why <laughs> why does it take so long?
0: mm-hmm Well, I'm glad you're a member of the club. (laughs) Uh, uh, What, so do you, um, how do you educate yourself uh, or inspire yourself as, uh, you know, coming up with ideas for what to implement for the business? Do you, do you read
1: books? Do you listen to podcasts? What kind of things do you do? I do quite a bit of, of different things. Um, the, uh, one of the things that I really enjoy doing is going to conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to at least three bookkeeping conferences every year. And then I'll go to some smaller group uh, bookkeeping get-togethers mm-hmm. uh, also throughout the year. And that really uh, helps me learn a lot more about mm-hmm. like what softwares are out there. What are other people doing? How are they helping their clients? What are some new things that we need to to do with our business. And mm-hmm. when new things come out, like the um, uh, stuff during COVID, uh, the SBA loans and things like mm-hmm. that, like just trying to stay at the front of learning all of those things, then we can be there to be able to help our clients man- uh, go th- navigate those loans and how's this all going to work and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm part of a couple of different groups that are constantly feeding us information so we can stay on the, on the forefront of those things. But I do also love to read and, uh, and I also listen to quite a few podcasts. I was, uh, I think I just told you, but like, I've binged all of your podcasts. I love them. <laughs> They're great. That's, Thank you. that uh, super motivating and then us uh, two of my uh bookkeeping friends they started one called unaccountable and they are <laughs> hilarious it's uh they do it like a game show and they teach about accounting stuff but like in a really fun way and i'm learning things listening to them but also laughing out loud and i just love it it's um, cool but the other one that i listen to and i've been listening to this one for a long time like over 5 years is the jordan harbinger show and he has a ton of authors on there a lot of them are business books um or or like self help or self improvement type type authors uh that come in and they do deep dives on what is in the book and then i'll uh, if i really like it i'll purchase the book and and then go into a deeper dive on it and that's where I, that's where I tend to find a lot of the books that I read is by listening to his show. It's
0: okay. good. Oh, I love the game show idea for the podcast. I'm like, Ooh, that's inspiring. You know, it's something that's different <laughs> rather than, you know, I enjoy the storytelling format, like, like, like this one. And thank you for being a listener. <laughs> uh, but that's, you know, had to have someone do something different, I think is exciting and definitely probably inspires you a little bit more because it's a different format and kind of touches different parts of your brain and things like that.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's like you can actually be funny and laugh and, you know, be an accountant. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, you are proof
0: positive that you can be a fun, enjoyable person with with a sense of humor and also be an accountant. (laughs) Uh, So um, what are you creating anything right now, like any new services or products or I know you've been doing some internal systems and things like that for a while.
1: Yeah. I've been really working on internal stuff for quite a bit on building a whole video series of training for my employees, which we're getting super close to getting that done. We've been working on it for almost a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, that is, uh, th- I think that that's going to be really helpful uh, internally. Um, and then, we haven't really been taking on a lot of new clients in the last year because I just really haven't had the team to do it. But I came up with a an idea for a a lead magnet and a, a tool that to, the uh, that an attorney can use. They connect it to their QuickBooks and then it prints them out a report and it says, "Hey, here's how your your iota account is all mm-hmm. messed up, and you should you should use us to help you to fix it." And I. Uh, I've, you know, I heard about lead magnets a long, long time ago. And I've been trying to come up with something for my business for years. And I just never really had an idea. Um, And so now that I have this idea, I'm like, oh, this is great. So I have somebody helping me build the tool right now. And and I'm just really excited. Once it's finished getting built and we can test it on a couple of our own internal clients, then I'm like, okay, I'm ready to start. (laughs) Try this marketing, this new marketing idea. I think it'll be great.
0: Well, and that'll be exciting because you'll have your internal processes hopefully fully baked by then, (laughs) Uh, which is you know helpful to you as you um, as you do scale. I mean, those internal uh, uh, repeatable processes are, are critical. For that, so you don't break the team when you do get that next level yes. of, of client wave, and then yeah, I mean, I, I do know that you have sort of like a, a passive lead magnet that's out there. Your your YouTube video,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I made some videos, about six YouTube videos, when I first started my my business, and one in particular uh, has just gotten quite a few. I've gotten quite a few clients off of it. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of views and people watch it and then they'll reach out to me and be like, I don't want to do this. Can you do my bookie for me? I'm like, yes, yes, I can.
0: I mean, that is like the secret sauce in a lead generator is, is, is illuminating, you know, there's a path forward and you can do it yourself, but you are going to hate every moment of it. (laughs) So, uh, this We may already know the answer then, but what is what are you most impatient about right now?
1: Oh man, I really wish my training program was a hundred percent done. It's like mm-hmm. so annoying to me that I have <laughs> kept putting it off and putting it off and like uh but but I haven't had the team to take other things off of my plate so that I could work on it mm-hmm. and and so just now, in like the last two weeks, I feel like I've been able to mentally breathe again and and really do work on my business instead of working in my business. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm back working on my business, I I guess, I don't know. I'm just like, okay, get this dang training program <laughs> all the way done. And then once that's done, then then I'll feel a huge weight off of my shoulders with that. I,
0: I can only imagine. I mean, I think that just sounds so cool. I would love... To following your footsteps somehow. <laughs> uh, not sure what exactly all the things we were trained on. I'm sure, like as soon as I sat down and thought about it, I'd be like, oh yeah, we've got we've got some material we can put together. But it, it takes so much diligence and patience and fortitude to to really not only just conceptualize it and then map it out, but to to create it and stick with it. Oof, that, that's um, it's a lot. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And then you I mean, I guess but the, the the thing is to remember, which I have a hard time mm-hmm. with this, is that it's never gonna be perfect. Yeah. You're gonna have forgotten some stuff. Your thing your processes by the time I get done doing this video series, we probably have processes that are changed, but at yep. least it'll be like I just can fix that one thing and uh uh you know move forward from there. Right. And, you know, I I
0: do think that is something that is common where people like, oh, well, if I do it, I'm just gonna have to change this later. I mean, I hear that. I hear that all the time. And that is ultimately just an excuse. You know, you can still create something, you can iterate it and fix it later. Having, having the meat and potatoes finished and out there that you can then go back and redress it or add a new appetizer or whatever. (laughs) Uh, yeah. You know, just don't, don't get, don't get hung up on, on, okay. Yes. This thing has to change eventually. Let's at least get something going for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Thinking about your business, has there been a moment in the last, let's, let's focus, we'll focus on the legalese portion, the last seven years that when this thing happened to you, you felt like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I don't know how I'm going to recover from this, but then ultimately later on, it turned out to be the best thing that's ever happened to you.
1: I don't, I've been thinking about this and I don't know that there's been anything, any one thing that's been like really, really bad um, in my business. But when I first started my business, I may have had like a client or two um, at this point. I went out to lunch with one of my friends and she brought a friend of hers along to lunch, a person that I didn't know. And we were sitting there talking about my business. And I was talking about how I don't really like talking to people in person and I'm kind of shy and... I'm you know I made some YouTube videos and I'm trying to connect with people on LinkedIn and try to get sales that way as opposed to going to like networking events or mm-hmm. cold calling people or doing these other things and this person that I don't know tells me that um I'm never going to be successful and mm-hmm. I'm never ever going to have a business if I can't talk to people and And I thought, she's right. And I went home. And the next through the next day, I just cried. And I did not get out of bed the whole entire next day. I sat there with the covers over my head, just crying and feeling like an utter failure. And then I am never ever going to be able to do this and be successful. And it was a work day. Uh, so I skipped work that day. And cause I did have a full-time job at that point. And um, so I'm calling, I called my dad who owns his own business. Um, I called my sister. I called my husband. I called all these different people and they were all like, Brandy, you can do this. Yeah we have confidence in you. You're going to be amazing. Just because that person thinks that that's the way that things have to be, doesn't mean that it has to be for you. Maybe that is a quicker path to getting Mm -hmm. more clients, but that doesn't mean that that is the right path for you. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think about that moment quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and i just love that i have this amazing support system all around me of people who think that i can succeed mm-hmm. and who are there available for me to call uh mm-hmm. and and talk me off my ledge when i start freaking out that uh you know that everything's going to go to to i don't know uh to shambles <laughs> i don't know what that um and and so that was that was definitely one of the hardest things that i've mm-hmm had to get over because I really wanted to quit right then.
0: Wow. And I see that, you know, that are still bringing up emotion for you all these years later um, that, that someone, you know, honestly what that person did was incredibly cruel uh, that they don't know you from Adam and they're laying down this binary of This this is there's only one path to success, and if you don't follow it, you're a failure. And it's you've told me this story before, and so I'm that's why I'm able to be much more cool (laughs) than I was the first time I heard it. (laughs) Um, But I'm sure anyone listening to this is just you know shouting all sorts of expletives at this person. Um, (laughs) And I think you know one of the things that's been the coolest part of my entrepreneurial journey in the last 6 years is seeing that there's no one way to run a successful business and right. and I know things about your business that you know we don't necessarily need to get into on a public podcast but I know that you're doing really well for yourself you've built a really strong great business and you know you have this incredible platform where you can take this baby all the way and Boy, do I wish this lady were listening right now. so <laughs> Here, what a, a crock of poo-poo she was spouting off that day. And, you know, we do have to consider that that was more about her than it was about you.
1: <laughs> and also, you know, she's never owned a business before. Mm-hmm. She, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's totally different Um Perspective, no. I would assume that another business owner would never say something like that to somebody else. No. You know? Well, yeah. Again, don't know you. Um, <laughs> it, it's just that just blows
0: my mind. Um, and I'm so glad that you had people around you to be like, do not listen to this idiot. Um <laughs> Uh, no. because yeah, you do, you have done it your own way and you do get clients from those YouTube videos you made and you get to do, you know, if you do something that's inauthentic to you to grow, you have to keep doing that. You know, I, um, mm. you, why would you want to back yourself into a corner like that? Uh, just cause you don't want to make cold calls doesn't make, I don't want to make any cold calls, but that doesn't mean my, <laughs> I can't run a good business. <laughs> right. Oh goodness. Well, Thank you for sharing that. I know that was, that's a vulnerable story, but I hope, I hope by li- people hearing that, they A, hear themselves in you and think, yeah, I can be courageous and do what's important to me. I don't have to follow a proven, you know, quote unquote, uh, right path. And then B, you know, people really need to be thoughtful about their words. Like she probably doesn't even remember saying that to you, but you can right. just like just casually cast off like, oh, this is the way. And it could really crush somebody. I mean, somebody's little baby dreams are so powerful and and so tender, not not powerful, so tender and, and um vulnerable. And then you can just boom, squash them. Like if you, she caught you, if everybody had been out of town that day, who knows where you'd be right now?
1: <laughs> hey, yeah, they didn't answer the phone. <laughs> yeah. They were busy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, uh
0: well, sticking with this vulnerable trend for a second, was there something growing up where people were like, you know, oh, Brandy, you're so XYZ? Like, and it's just really made you feel like that part of you was a weakness, but flash uh fast forwarding to today, like you've realized it's actually your superpower.
1: This one's been a little bit tricky. I've been thinking about this uh as I've been listening to your your other podcasters mm-hmm. and um uh, and I have come and I even went to some of my friends and I'm like, how do I answer <laughs> this question? What do I say here? And uh, um one of the things that I've come up with is that I stare at people quite a bit um mm. and i gotten in trouble with it a lot as a child and growing up um like it's rude to stare at people mm. or and um, I think that, what I'm really doing when I'm staring at people is I'm observing observing them, mm-hmm. watching their mannerisms, watching how they move their face, how they move their hands. And then I do copy them. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I really like how that person put their hair behind their ear. I'm going to copy <laughs> them and start putting my hair behind their ear, my ear that way. Or Look at how that person walks. I, I like how that looks. Or or when these two people were fighting in public, this is how their reactions were or whatever. And just really watching people and observing them. And I think that that has helped me a lot in life in weird ways uh there's that thing where if you like somebody you mirror them mm-hmm. but it's also a business technique to mirror people uh in sales to yep. than they um so I'm I feel like I'm very good at mirroring people and talking like them and when I'm on my sales calls with my um, prospective attorneys. Sometimes people call their special bank account an Iota account. Sometimes they call it an Iota or a Casta, or <laughs> but like they have all these different names for it. And I'm pretty easy. As soon as they say something in some way, I'm pretty. It's pretty easy for me to just flip how I talk mm-hmm. to them, so that way I'm repeating back the same words that they're saying to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, putting them at ease, they feel safe with you and like, okay, she's got my back. <laughs> she's not judging right. me or, you know, like, uh, I think, especially with money, uh, brings people bring a lot of baggage with money. And so oh, they yeah. can definitely feel, I, I, you know, you can speak to it, but like, they can feel very insecure, like, oh, don't judge me or
1: whatever. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I swear, almost every single person that comes to me is like, I'm so embarrassed of my books. Mm -hmm. And I asked other bookkeepers about this. And I think it's, it's common, but it's also, I think, a very common thing for attorneys versus other people, Mm -hmm. uh, because they're highly educated. They, uh, you know, they, they just feel they have a confidence about them and they are not good at this. And Mm -hmm. that is, Like something to be hidden away and no one knows about that this is the one area that they're not good about because they're a really great attorney and, you know, they just, they exude all this confidence. Um, And so then when they come to me, they're like, oh, I'm so embarrassed of my books. This is so terrible. Are these the worst books you've ever seen? And I'm like, (laughs) dude these are so easy. Like I I, like, this is, I I love more clients like you, like this is the best books ever. (laughs) Bring them on. This is an easy fix. Um, But yeah, they are, they're quite embarrassed of it. So it's helping them or me helping them feel at ease Mm -hmm. and there's not going to be judgment here. And if you, I try not speak in accounting words Mm -hmm. to my clients but if there's something you don't understand, if I've said something and you're like, wait a second, I don't understand that, I want them to feel comfortable enough to say, hey, I don't understand that. Uh so then I can break it down in a different way, explain it in other terms, uh, so they can understand what's going on with their bookkeeping. So then that way they can go out and make more, you know, make more money, go out and help more people. Um, I really think that one of the best benefits that we do is is help them go out and help more people. Attorneys are often working with people through the s- toughest times in their lives, mm-hmm. whether that's divorce or even if it's starting a business or whatever. Like it's a scary time in the person's life. That's why they reached out to the attorney. And so if we can help them do their bookkeeping, then that frees them up. So then that way they can go out and help more people, which I really, really love.
0: Yeah, it, I think that's really beautiful. You, and you share with me once sort of one of the reasons you wanted to serve lawyers. Does that something you feel comfortable sharing on this show?
1: Yeah, well I'm I'm happy to. I there's lots of different reasons, but um my husband was in a motorcycle accident and he's fine. Uh, but he we hired an attorney to help us um collect money to uh pay for his medical bills and we ended up not even getting enough to to cover the medical bills, and the way that the agreement was with the attorney was, you know, they get a third of it, and then we get two thirds of of the money. Um, but our two thirds wasn't enough to pay for the medical bills, and the attorney ended up giving us more money. They ended up not taking any money, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, so that way we could get our medical bills paid for. And that was such a eye opening experience. Mm-hmm. and to see how attorneys really care about their clients mm-hmm. and I see it with my clients I see it they're constantly discounting um their invoices or they're giving away services for free we have one client who helps children who who are victims of child pornography and he helps he helps them pro bono to go out and collect funds to help pay for their um therapy to pay for when they they set aside a trust when they become an adult they give them this money so they can have a path to move on behind, beyond this traumatic experience that they wow. they grew up with and and so i i really really love working with mm-hmm. attorneys and getting getting to help them Make more money, but and by making more money, I mean by helping more clients.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, people can have a cynical view of attorneys, but, you know, boy, when you need one, you need one. <laughs>
1: right.
0: Uh, and right. to be able to help them and not have that anxiety and fear around their finances and take care of that. So that's like a really huge lift off of their shoulders and off of their mind and off of their plate so that they can stay focused on what they need to stay focused on, which is clients. So that's, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. So do you have a piece of advice that your list that your listeners, our listeners can do right now to make their lives or companies stronger and better?
1: I think do stuff that makes you scared oh. mm-hmm. and I took on a big project uh in August and leading up to it after I had said yes that I could do this for the like two months beforehand uh before I started the project I had days where I was like I don't know if I can do this <laughs> then the next day I'd be like I'm, I got this I, I can <laughs> I can do this I know I can and then when the project actually started I was, overwhelmed by it. I'd never done anything like this. I I was so stressed and I thought multiple times about just calling them up and saying, "Hey, I can't do this. Let me give you your money back." I just mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not I just can't do this. But eventually I figured it out and I got it done and the client is I got it done ahead of time and the client is is uh, extremely happy and it just every time you do something that scares you it makes you a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. And so now next time I know, oh, I can do that. And mm-hmm. here's how I can do that. Or if there's another scary situation, I have this to recall and go, hey, I've made it through scary situations before. I can mm-hmm. I can get through this one. That's
0: this fantastic advice. What do you think was scary about it for you? Was it like imposter syndrome? Or was it like you just never done something like that before? Or was it the the breadth of it? Like what was really caused you to be fearful?
1: I had... I had done a project like it, but very, on a much much sc- smaller scale, mm-hmm. and it also it had been a while, like several years since I had done it, uh, and I didn't have like good notes about mm-hmm. how to go about doing it, um, and and then it was also a referral from mm-hmm. somebody who's referred quite a bit bit of business. To me, Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to screw it up because then I thought that I would screw, I might screw up that relationship with that Mm -hmm. referral partner.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and in part, I only said yes to being able to do it because I didn't want to tell the referral partner no, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And, yep. So, uh, it was, it was just, I probably should have not said yes to it to begin (laughs) with, but then I ended up getting it done and I was like, oh, this actually, now that I have the system figured out, I could teach somebody else how to do the system. And it might be a whole other avenue of things that we could do for our customers. So
0: I love that. And I think, you know, as you as you grow in your career, as you mature in your career, you maybe don't have quite as many opportunities to do scary things. Uh, And so, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't necessarily want to take on something that you know you can't do. Like you have no business doing it. Um, But actually, just anecdotally, I was a friend of mine had a birthday recently and she really wanted to sing karaoke. So we're, we're sitting at this dive bar in Fort Worth and I Really can't sing. Uh, it's not uh, outside of, you know, you're my sunshine to my children. And I was sat there and I thought, I think I'm going to do it just to scare myself a little bit, you know, like yeah. just to feel those butterflies. I used to have them all the time. And The more you accomplish, the more you've tried things, there's just not as much that'll, you know, get get those butterflies going. And so it's like, I'm going to manufacture this terrifying experience to (laughs) assault the eardrums of everyone in this bar. (laughs) (laughs) And it was as horrible as I thought it was going to be, but I survived (laughs) and nobody threw a glass at me. So, you know, here we are. (laughs) It was
1: probably great. You know, (laughs) there's people there that enjoyed it or at least enjoyed the fact that you got up there and they're like I could never do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the birthday girl was very happy that I d- I did it and I was like, "There you go, happy birthday." <laughs> um uh but yeah, you know, it's just sometimes you just have to survive something to be like, "Okay, I'm here and I did it. Like that's behind me and I'm I'm even if it's like one degree stronger, like you're just that much stronger for going through it. So I love that. I love that advice. Okay. So wrapping up, tell us where people can find you online and do business
1: with you. So I'm mostly on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn. I don't know what it is. LinkedIn.com slash Brandy Derek. Brandy with a Y last name. Derek, Derrick, D-E-R-R-I-C-K. Uh, I do have... Facebook but I'm not really on there f- uh, that much f- uh and then they can go to my website legaleasebookkeeping.com. Okay. Um and that's where
0: I'm at. We'll put those in the show notes as well. Um so watch watch Brandy's space for this incredible new legion that's going to be coming soon <laughs> yes i'm really excited about it <laughs> i'm excited for you <laughs> and so you love that like light bulb moment moment of like yes this is the thing i'm gonna do it <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on it's always a treat for me to get to be with you so you know this, this time everyone just got to listen to us <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> well thank you for having me this is great
0: Thanks for listening to The Impatient Entrepreneur. Love the podcast? Be sure to share it with a friend or colleague or give us a five-star review on Apple. You can also chat with us on Instagram or Facebook at The Impatient Entrepreneur Pod. Want to star on a future episode? Head over to theimpatiententrepreneurpod.com to inquire. Thank you to the team at Kwidar Co. for believing in me and bringing this podcast to life. And thank you to Carson
1: Childers for mixing and editing this episode. Can't wait to see you next time.